Presented by the United States Sentencing Commission, this is Sentencing Practice Talk, a regular podcast for federal sentencing practitioners covering topics of interest. Here are your hosts, Krista Rubin and Rachel Pierce. Hello and welcome to Sentencing Practice Talk. Krista and I are back with our second of three episodes specifically addressing 5G 1.3, which is imposition of a sentence on a defendant subject to an undischarged or anticipated term of imprisonment. So in this episode, we're going to discuss both sections A and B, um, mainly because section A is so quick and straightforward, we don't have to spend a lot of time there. Uh, It's not gonna take us very long, in other words. So we'll we'll get started with, with section A. So what Section A requires is that in certain circumstances, the court shall impose a sentence for the instant offense consecutively to the undischarged term of imprisonment. And those certain circumstances are, or that certain circumstance, I should say, is when the instant offense is committed while the defendant is serving a term of imprisonment. So they're basically they're in jail on a state term and they're committing additional offenses, right? Um, this could include work lease, work release, furlough, or escape status. Those are all sort of consistent with how um, criminal history views sentence of imprisonment mm-hmm. or criminal justice sentence, if you will. Exactly. Um, and so, that, again, that's pretty straightforward. You know, if, if someone is under a sentence of imprisonment and committing the instant offense, that sentence has to run consecutive. Yes. Uh, this also includes, I will just point out before we move on to section B. This also includes um, if the person is getting ready to serve a term of imprisonment, they just haven't reported for it yet, Mm -hmm. and they've committed an offense while waiting to serve or waiting to report for that term of imprisonment. That would apply in that situation as well. Right. I think what we see mostly under this section, though, is someone serving a term of imprisonment, they assault another inmate, or they assault the guard, and they're back in federal court, and basically the judge now says, hey, Right. According to 5G 1.3a, this sentence for your assault is going to run consecutively to what you're already serving. Exactly. The only the, the only other thing that comes to mind is a situation maybe where uh, they're still distributing drugs from prison or they're, you know, directing their gang members while outside of prison to do the same might be another scenario where exactly. that might come up. Um, I would agree. It's yeah. not as common as the other sections, I think, but it certainly happens. Well, and the section really where we get the majority of questions, and I think this is where a lot of the action happens yeah, <laughs> under the skyline. Sure. That is for sure. Is uh, section B, and so what this section requires the court to do, if the criteria is met, is the court is to impose sentence on the instant federal offense concurrently with the undischarged term of imprisonment. Mm-hmm. So it has to run concurrently. So the criteria. Subsection A doesn't apply. Right, which is what we just discussed about the person serving a term of imprisonment. Right. right. The second thing that has to apply is the undischarged term of imprisonment, the term that the defendant is currently serving, Mm -hmm. is relevant conduct to the instant federal offense. Mm -hmm. And, and this isn't an option, right? Not right. right. <laughs> you know, this isn't not. This is not optional. No, not at all. <laughs> has to be relevant conduct. Has to be relevant conduct, but it has to be a specific part of relevant conduct. Correct. It's relevant conduct under one of the following subsections: one B one point three, A one A, A one B, A two, or A three. A four relevant conduct is out. Right. And what 
A4 relevant conduct deals with are, are basically harms that are included in a particular Chapter 2 guideline that don't otherwise meet the criteria of relevant conduct. Right, exactly. It's relevant uh, conduct because the guideline dic dictates it as such. Right, like right. pattern of activity mm -hmm. in possession or receipt of child pornography offenses. Mm -hmm. That would be an example of A4 relevant conduct. Right. So the, that kind of relevant conduct is excluded. Right. So subsection A doesn't apply. It's relevant conduct, but not A4 relevant conduct. Um, the court must sentence the instant federal offense to run concurrently, and the court is to adjust the sentence for the instant federal offense for any period of imprisonment that the defendant has already served on the undischarged term if the court has determined that BOP is not going to give credit for that time that they've served. Right. Which is, uh, presents its own host, <clears throat> excuse me, host of issues that we're going to get to in a minute. Uh, but why don't we talk, let's give an example okay. of what we're talking about. Okay. Here. So let's say that the instant federal offense is a drug offense. Okay. And the defendant is charged with selling 90 grams of crack. Mm hmm And the relevant conduct as, you know, they're going through and saying, okay, what's the drug quantity? That analysis uncovers the sale of an additional 25 grams of crack, mm -hmm. and the defendant has already been convicted at the state level for that 25-gram distribution and is still serving that state sentence. Mm -hmm. So we have the defendant serving an undischarged term of imprisonment. Um, the 25 grams of crack that he sold on the state level is relevant conduct to the instant offense. Mm -hmm. It's the same course of conduct, common scheme or plan, right. which is 1B1.3A2 relevant conduct. Right, so which is that it does qualify under that, right, under that right. section. Mm -hmm. So we add the 25 grams in to the 90 when we calculate mm -hmm. our drugs. And so as a result, because it's relevant conduct, the court will impose the instant federal offense to run concurrently with the undischarged state term and the court is going to give an adjustment to the federal sentence to reflect the time served on the state offense. So if, for example, he had served a month mm -hmm. in the state, the court would then adjust the sentence for the instant federal offense by subtracting that one month out. That's what I was going to say, sort of backing out that month because he's already served that time. At the, at the state level, and, it, and you don't want to double count for that. We hear that term all the time, double counting. Right. Um, but really, that's kind of what this is, is to not double count that conduct against the defendant for a time that he's already served. That's right. And the court, of course, also has to determine that the BOP is not going to give credit for that month. Right. And, um, and, and that's a big part of it, too. Right. So, and we're going to get to that. But let me, let me ask you uh, about... A mandatory minimum situation. Oh, let's say, right. let's say in this example that you just gave us, this federal offense uh, that the defendant, or you know, that the defendant's awaiting sentencing for or being sentenced for. What if it has a mandatory minimum with it, and the court has to adjust because of time spent on an undischarged term of imprisonment? It, can they do that? You know, we get that question a lot because I think it's so ingrained for us that when there is a statutory mandatory minimum. Mm -hmm the court cannot sentence below that mandatory minimum except for limited circumstances, right? right? Exactly. Like substantial assistance or safety valve or whatever. But mm -hmm. 
Um, but when we have a mandatory minimum and 5G 1.3b applies, it's not illegal. It's not an illegal sentence mm -hmm. to say, I'm going to adjust this 60-month sentence to 59 months to account for the month that the defendant has already served in Be the state. Because that's the key, he's already served the month. So the totality of time being served is not going to run afoul of what the mandatory minimum is. I mean, essentially that's what we're, t we're saying, right? That's exactly right. So, I mean, on its face, it might look like right. it's violating because you're saying, oh, that's a 59 month sentence. But really it's not, as you were saying, it's the sentence is really 60 months, mm -hmm. but it's adjusted by one month to, um, to reflect the time that the defendant served on the state side for that sentence, which is relevant conduct. Right. So this is making me think of, of another point that I think is very important to drive home, and that is the necessity of, of recording all of this information appropriately, accurately on the JNC. Absolutely. Right? Because if that information isn't there, first of all, there isn't going to be transparency in sentencing, and it could look like an illegal sentence. Absolutely. If you don't have all the documentation to back up what it is that the court is doing and is adjusting that time, right? Absolutely. And also the Bureau of Prisons needs that information as right. well. So so it's it's very important to be very specific on the sentencing documentation, the JNC, uh, SOR if you have to. Mm -hmm. I mean it 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 must be very specific because it this is a specific adjustment. Right. This is um, this is a process under the guidelines that's put into place so that a defendant whose undischarged term of imprisonment is relevant conduct to the instant offense receives, you know, a sentence that reflects the time that was already served, mm -hmm. where the BOP is not going to give him credit for it. Right. I think it's safe to say you can't over-document. That's right. In, 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 these, <laughs> in these situations. Uh, and so sort of segueing, talking a little bit more about this documentation and some of the issues that come into play with the, the BOP, uh, Application Note 2C is where, to, to the guideline at 5G 1.3, is where the specific instruction is provided regarding how the court should uh, note all of this information on the JNC. Uh, j not, not only the applicable subsection of 5G 1.3, but the amount of time that is being adjusted. And again, this is very specific instruction in, in the application note. Uh, the undischarged term for which the sentence is being adjusted and that the sentence imposes a reduction under 5G 1.3 because the BOP will not credit the defendant for that time that has already been served. So again, you cannot over-document this. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think that it's very important, um, not only for purposes of pronouncing the sentence in federal court, but also, like you say, f for the BOP to have that information that they need. Absolutely, because, you know, I you don't want the BOP to guess, right? Oh, right, right, right. <laughs> so, you know, one of the issues that comes up is what is the BOP going to give credit actually right. for the time already served? Right. And the only way really to find out whether the BOP is going to give credit is really to contact the BOP. It is. So you because you we know, have no we don't they have their whole set of regulations and rules and and statutes and all of that that help that guide them into determining when to give credit and what for all of that stuff exactly exactly so you know it's important that um, you know whether the BOP 
is or is not going to give credit because mm -hmm. that will affect whether this subsection of 5G 1.3 B applies. Mm -hmm. um, and you have to be very careful if we are dealing in 5G 1.3 B world, you have to be very specific about the language that you put on the paper. Right, exactly. And I think it's fair to say, Krista, that the BOP is, is very receptive to hearing from the courts when there are questions. You know, we, in the last couple of uh, annual seminars uh -huh. that we've done, we've had the BOP there and, and had them speak as part of a breakout group. And I think it's, it's very fair to say that they're, they want to make sure that everybody gets it right and that they all work together to the best of their abilities. Um, and they want to be able to implement what the judges want um, but also t for the judges to be informed and the courts to be informed as to how their processes work That's as well. Right. That's right. So I, I, I guess I can't reiterate enough that, you know, if you got questions about what the BOP is going to do, reach out to them and ask. And, you know, while we're talking about being specific, mm -hmm. I think it's really important to remember that under 5G 1.3b, it is an adjustment. Right. That is the correct term. Right. A lot of times when folks who apply the guidelines mm -hmm. are talking about 5G 1.3b, they say, give credit. Right. That, that makes my skin crawl when I hear that. <laughs> I, it's like nails on a chalkboard. Well, and the truth is the only agency that can give credit mm -hmm. towards a sentence is the BOP, and that's by statute. Right. So the judge is not actually giving credit. The judge is adjusting the sentence because the BOP is not going to give credit for the time the defendant has served. Exactly, they, they, and, and people do use those two terms interchangeably, and they really do mean very specific things. And when you're talking about, you know, noting things on the JNC, like we talked about in Application Note 2C, you know, don't don't note it as a credit because that's not what it is. They're two very distinct um, processes, and one of you know the court has the authority to do one, and the BOP has the authority to do the other. And so, just like I said you can't over document. I don't think we can overstate the importance of the difference between those words and what and what they mean. Right. I think that's fair. Mm -hmm. All right. So I think that wraps it up for uh, our second episode. Thanks. Thank you. This wraps up our episode of Sentencing Practice Talk. Today brought to you by the United States Sentencing Commission. Thanks so much for listening and be sure to check back often for new topics. Sentencing Practice Talk, a regular podcast on federal sentencing issues. Please be advised that information provided by the Commission staff is offered to assist in understanding and applying the sentencing guidelines. The information does not necessarily represent the official position of the Commission, should not be considered definitive, and is not binding upon the Commission, the Court, or the parties in any case. Thank you.